Hello and welcome to Season 3 of The Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by a couple of co-hosts. She's never had a bad day selling log cabins. It's Lindsay Nelson. (laughs) No, my log cabin days were red letter days. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And we have an extra special guest for this one. You may know her as a writer, as a podcaster, or the simultaneous biggest fan of Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, and the Twilight Saga ever. Kate Hudson joins us. Oh, good intro. You you didn't give me anything. You, you said I could freeform it, and I did. Did was that good? That was good. Oh my god! On any other day, that might seem strange. <laughs> well done, pulling the quotes. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> From Conair, there. <laughs> I love it, Kate. I have been wanting to have you on the podcast. We had talked about this on and off for a very long time and timing couldn't work and there was all, we had a very long hiatus and all this stuff, but I'm excited to have you on for this episode. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Kurt Russell? <gasps> I love him. I love him. Um, so obviously Backdraft is a huge favorite of mine because it's a dumb action movie with a love subplot. Yeah. Only making like the early 90s, like adult movies, but it's all trash. Um, but I really think Kurt Russell might be one of the greatest action stars of all time. And that's my favorite genre. There we go. There we go. If you um, if you not to put you on the spot and you could just kind of off the top of your head or feel free to open up IMDb, if you could put together like a top three or a top five Kurt Russell films, do you Ooh. think you could do that? Oh, God, yeah. Okay, so obviously Big Tremble, Little China, done. Um, We're going to do Backdraft, because again, I love this movie, and it's Chicago-based. There you go. Um, We're going to do Tango and Cash, because I love Stallone so much. Uh, Overboard, great fucking movie. Okay. And just, what's that really, really dumb one where like all the truckers are trying to fuck him up for no real reason? Because I like that one, too, a lot. Uh. What the hell is that one called? Hold on, we have we haven't covered that one yet. I will tell you in a second. It's like it, it's it's right before he sort of like crests with Soldier because he hasn't really done anything awesome since. Oh no, I take that back, dude. He's in the Expendables. <laughs> I think the movie you were referring to is Breakdown. Yes, it's so bad. <laughs> so good. I love him. And you know what? I also like. Okay, bonus. I want the movie that was playing in Walt Disney's head when he died. <laughs> right, because his last words, yeah, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Like, yeah. what was he thinking? I really want to know. Yeah. Okay. So you, you know your stuff about Kurt oh, Russell. Yeah. This is very exciting. I'm, I'm happy to have another expert opinion on the show. Well, he is my stepdad. That is true. You know, I did say in our DM exchange, it's a little spicy to have someone named Kate Hudson as a special guest. Even my co-hosts did the laugh react when I said Kate Hudson. I was like, no, 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 trust me. It's a real human being. Here she is. Do you know the most obnoxious thing? I was in high school when she got famous and people like used to come up to me and be like, do you like movies? Like as the intro. And I just started saying no and literally running off down the hall. I hate movies. They're awful. A movie killed my family. Book it. (laughs) I had a lot of friends. Nice. I had fun. 
Well, that's incredible. So I, I, I love what we're experiencing so far. That's a great top five. I mean, maybe six or seven. I think you gave us. You just rattled them off. So great <laughs> list. Thank you. We love to see the carpenter respect. You know, gotta oh. respect that. Oh, oh, dude! I didn't even. Oh shit! I forgot Escape from New York in L.A. Didn't I? Okay, <laughs> I'll just added it to the list. Right. <laughs> we'll we'll compile. I'll you know I'll I'll get I'll give you a moment. You know, it doesn't have to even be today. Uh, but if you want to get an official list over to us, we can we'll Gosh. share it out there as well with ours. This we'll get to like, that later. This is like picking your favorite children because Tombstone's there too, and that is awesome. Coming up on Tombstone, we yeah. haven't reached that one yet, but we are getting there. So there okay. we go. Okay, just all of them. It would be like Soldier's dumb. Let's just put it that way. I love all of them except I would watch Soldier again. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Who among us? Who among us? <laughs> All right, let me go ahead and get some contact info and housekeeping out of the way, and we will get right into this because uh, the energy is high and I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling it. Uh, so as always, I want to mention, you can find this and all of our podcasts at 12and24.com along with a kick-ass merch store. So we got shirts, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. Kurt Russell, uh, shirts and mugs, Keanu Reeves, m more Keanu Reeves type stuff, but you know, that's just a... a, a a function of having done that podcast first. So there you go. Uh, you can email us kurtlockerpod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at kurtlockerpod or join us on the Discord and chat in real time, 12and24.com slash Discord. And then finally, if you want to support us with a moment of your time, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Bring more folks into the fray. I recently heard that Spotify is testing out comments um, mm -hmm. on episodes. And that sounds like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So uh, well, unless you have the really nice, needs. more comments, <laughs> right? Sections. Just more comments, more input. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Well, I, unless you have really nice things to say, then, then go course. ahead and feel free to yeah. do that. But otherwise, just <laughs> click five stars and you know do a little hit and run. It's fine. Lindsay, yes. Can you tell us what we're here to talk about today? Absolutely. Today we are talking about the 1991 film Backdraft. Is that a real Chicago fireman's outfit I see on you? It's in the blood, Willie. When I heard that both McCaffrey brothers were being assigned here at this station together, my heart was filled with a, a sudden desire to transfer. <laughs> Brian, damn you! Let's just have one drill, Lieutenant. Now one for the company and one for me. You have a bad day here, somebody dies. Check that door for heat. Is that an accident or is it ours? I'll get that answer as soon as I do. We're starting to get the feeling that your office is dragging out this case. The plot synopsis from IMDb is two Chicago firefighter brothers who don't get along have to work together while a deranged arsonist is on the loose. Uh, this movie was written by Gregory Wyden and directed by Ron Howard. Co-starring alongside Kurt are William Baldwin, Robert De Niro, Donald Sutherland, Jennifer Jason Lee, Scott Glenn, Rebecca De Mornay, Jason Giddick, and previous Kurt collaborator and unstoppable that guy of the 90s, J.T. Walsh. Uh, so, Andrew, what did the critics and audiences have to say about Backdraft? Pretty universally positive on this one and tied at 75% oh, wow. as of this recording. That's unusual. To get critics and audience in such agreement? Yeah. We'll, uh, so we'll see. I pulled a couple 
a couple more reviews than normal for this episode. We're going to we're going to run through them really really quickly. But it is interesting to see where people fall on this one. So, let's start with Julia Salomon for the Wall Street Journal. She says, "Howard gives the firefighting scenes a satisfying feel of terror, but the psychological portraits of the firefighters and the arson mystery that dominate the film are flimsy, like an art student's dutifully crafted reproduction of the great masters." <laughs> Which is Okay. Okay. I mean, I I have some similar thoughts to her that we'll get into. <laughs> what? Okay. Sit back and watch the fire, guys. Come on. <laughs> it depends on what you want going into this movie or what you need going into this movie, I guess. What you'll walk away from it with. But uh, Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times needs no introduction. I don't necessarily always agree with Ebert. But I just—he's been around so long that yeah. you can like pull quotes from him for basically every Everything. movie we've ever seen. <laughs> it's crazy. He says the scenes involving fire are so good that they make me recommend the movie anyway, despite its brain-damaged screenplay. Okay. Okay. But that's the appeal. <laughs> Again, I don't know what Rogers Rogers' expectations are going into this one. Seems like he could just calibrate a little bit, he'd be fine. Here are two users that I got. It was it was really difficult to find a review for this movie on Rotten Tomatoes that didn't start with I'm a firefighter, right? <laughs> and and so uh, here are two that I found. User Kano gives it 5 stars. 5 out of 5. It says one of one of the best if not the best firefighter movie of all time. The cast is well picked and outstanding, including fire as a major cast member. <laughs> Fires the first character. <laughs> Top build. Top build, I would say. Uh, Well-paced, edge of your seat. Even the supporting cast just made the entire movie breathtaking. The sound and picture quality shook my room. Kurt, Rus Kurt Russell and the rest did amazing. That was Kano. That guy's cool. I want to party with him. <laughs> On the other side of this, Mark B, uh, two out of five stars. Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> starts off with, watch Rescue Me instead, which is okay. Um, I saw this film 30 years ago, and it was terrible then, and it still has so many problems. Whose story is this? Why does the firebug version of Hannibal Lecter appear? Why does Robert De Niro, an arson investigator, give the graveside service at the end? There are more false notes in this film than in a seventh grade orchestra. And every time the movie goes for something emotional, the most ridiculous events occur. He's not invited to Kano's night party. Fuck you, Mark. You stay outside, Mark. Oh, please. He'd call the cops. <laughs> longtime listener, longtime listener, and former Cool Breeze guest. Okay, Dan Spencer writes in. Haven't heard from Dan in a minute, but here we go. I'd heard about this movie, and aside from mild at best feelings on Billy Baldwin. <gasps> I'm sorry. It was, it, was, it was Dan. This is Dan. I was excited for it because of the all-star cast. This is for sure a slow burn, but in the way that it's very slow and burns you by making it think it'll get interesting. <laughs> this felt like a movie a 13-year-old burgeoning pyro would write, interspersed with his dad throwing in some scenes for his own family therapy. It yeah. Felt, 
I, it felt all four hours of its two hour 17 runtime. <laughs> By the end, I was just hoping for a backdraft explosion to end the movie early so I could go to bed. Not truly bad, just thoroughly not enjoyable. You guys are the reason we don't get awesome movies where shit blows up anymore and we all have to talk about our feelings now. <laughs> Kate, we have a recurring section where one of our listeners' moms writes in with her review. She's been she's had a crush on Ke um, Kurt Russell for uh, the better part of her life, I believe. So, oh, okay, she's going to be good. Yeah. She, she knows what's up. This is uh, listeners, cl listener Claire's mom writes, The music with the fire turned the movie into a ballet which is very appropriate for all the dialogue about how fire is alive. But it was a very long movie. I think they could have done it faster. But I understand at the time people wanted to stay in the theater to get their money's worth. And I'm sure it was lovely on the big screen. Wait, Curse how can mom. you be a mom and not have seen it in the theater? Wait, am I just too old? Because I know my parents saw it in the theater. Well, Claire is, I would, I would wager, Claire is roughly our age. So it could okay. have been that she just wasn't going to the movies at that time. Well, because Claire was probably a handful. Blame Claire <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. We have uh, one final review, and I would okay. be, uh, I would not hear the end of it if I didn't read it. Listener Lane Train, longtime listener of the show, Lane uh, made, a, made a whole thread on our Discord because this is his all-time favorite movie. Fuck and after, yes. After I asked him, how many times he had watched it? He said at least a hundred times. Wow. <gasps> wow. This is his con air. <laughs> this is his con air. Yes. He says, Lane Train says, as I sit here watching Backdraft, you definitely can see the chemistry that Kurt Russell has an hour into this movie. He sets the tone for everyone. I don't know why this movie does not get more praise than it does. I know it's not a factual firefighting movie where this is actually what happens, but it actually makes you want to go and be a fireman at the end of it and shows the brotherhood of the fires. See, I agree. Okay. The only thing I'm going to disagree with that review is like typically pyro. Okay. Not typically, but there is a weird subset of pyromaniacs who become firefighters and start arsons. So kind of factual yeah so i mean like just the, like there are a lot of psychopaths who get into law enforcement mm. Mm -hmm. yeah some correlation there yeah mm -hmm. i definitely see that we have a lot of opinions mm -hmm. on both sides of the <laughs> fence of this movie <sighs> kate you seem to be the most emphatically positive about this one so i want you to start did this movie work for you Oh, yeah. It's fire. Every 15 minutes, you got a fire. You got to see shit blow up. You got to see people get killed in fires. Robert De Niro's there eating in cars. Like, yeah. <laughs> he is. Like, what else do you want? And like, Donald Sutherland is like there for two days, like just to chill, like clearly acting like a perv getting off on it. Like Billy Baldwin, he's hot. Kurt Russell, he's hot. De Mornay never looks better. Like, what more do you people want? Like, truly, like, like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's not like fucking Captain Thor's there now. Like, <laughs> I love background. Tell me your relationship with Ron Howard, because I think how you approach Ron Howard as a filmmaker will inform your approach or, or it, your how you feel about this film. 
Are you generally like a Ron Howard fan? Oh, I only like him in the sense like it's a Where's Waldo where he puts Clint in. But like, <laughs> so it's like, Clint's here. Yeah. Right, you okay. welcome. But like, I'm not one of those people like, yeah, let's go watch Apollo 13 because there's no like fires. Interesting. There's some okay. fire in I Apollo 13. A little, yeah. a, a little bit. Yeah. Well, some stuff explodes. It's not, it's not okay to talk about it now because he is just a piece of shit. But Ransom's awesome, too. Oh, yeah, Mel Gibson. I was like, I spaced for a second. Mel Gibson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like action. Here's the thing. I just like action movies, especially ones where you don't need to think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if he's directing action movies, I'm in. Okay. All right. Lindsay. Yes. I think I got an idea of where you are in this one, but let's uh, let's walk through it. Did this movie work for you? I mean, not really. So it <laughs> is. I kept thinking, why is this movie not really gelling when I was watching it? And I do think some of it is. I don't know. It feels a little like I don't know how many movies into Ron Howard's career this is, mm-hmm. but it feels a little juvenile in that like. So clearly there's a lot of inspiration either consciously or unconsciously from both Jaws and Silence of the Lambs in this movie. Um, Both excellent movies that I think being so clearly inspired by was not doing this movie any favors because you keep comparing it to those movies, which are excellent movies. But why there isn't the tension that should be here? There's all the elements for tension, right? You've got an arsonist who's murdering people. That's tense. You've got fires that have already killed multiple family members of everybody involved. You have the family emotional drama. Um, I do think that both romantic storylines are incredibly tacked on, you know, like those are unnecessary to this movie. The only thing that the divorce with his or the separation with uh, his wife really shows is how much his life is only about this one thing and he can't really maintain anything else in it. You know, like he can't get the respect of his. What was that? He likes to drink booze, too. He's got at least two things. (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, He's got (laughs) a boat. I mean, this boat, the boat is a matter of necessity more than a passion, I think. But I mean, clearly hanging on to their dad. It is interesting that he plays both the dad and the son later (laughs) In this, but it's it was incredibly untense for me. Like I agree with when, what Dan was saying about it being boring, and it shouldn't have been boring. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I do think a lot of the cinematography was really beautiful. Some of the shots of the fire are amazing. That very iconic scene in the theater when the guy is going to open the door and the smoke kind of trails and gets pulled back. Like that's yeah. gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I just feel like the the cast was underutilized. I mean, some people did, you know, I did kind of like the Arson Hannibal Lecter. I thought he was an interesting character, played well. The whole showing up, De Niro, the arson inspector showing up at his parole hearing was one of my favorite scenes of the yeah. movie. Um, but like De Niro is like the Quint character in Jaws, but he's not going as hard for it. He's like so subdued and you're like... What is going Why? I don't think if he was going to be stoic like that, I didn't get the intensity out of him that I would have wanted. And I would expect Robert De Niro to be able to do that, like on a, you know, with no effort. Um, 
So, yeah, and also the <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee is criminally underused in this movie. She's an incredible actress and she does absolutely nothing. The only reason to have her in this movie at all is that she's the one who gives the files. But there are dozens of ways they could have found out about the scam without her. And it was just to shoehorn in romance stories that really have zero effect on the story at all. Mm -hmm. uh, also, just a weird aside note for continuity, when they're making out on top of the fire, you know, having sex on top of the fire truck and her bra is off, but then her shirt is on. <laughs> what? How? Why? Did you take That's your all, bra off? Your handshake. <laughs> did, did you take your bra off and put your shirt back on? Because it was a long sleeve shirt that buttoned That's at the cuffs. So this is not an easy shirt to get a bra out of without taking it all the way off. Off and then you put it back on what why what is happening with that whole scene it's cold <laughs> Just, i guess maybe maybe um, her contract didn't show that much boobs yeah that's i mean right. i get that there are other ways to like if you know nudity clauses or whatever you just didn't want to hassle with the rating any reason why somebody wouldn't be more naked but then having her bra off made no sense and you should not have like i mean have her underwear then that's just as like no. salacious and more sense that she would take off her underwear and leave the skirt on. Listen, if Billy Baldwin can cop a tit, you let Billy Baldwin cop a tit. <laughs> I'm not questioning going the hard having sex with him. I'm questioning the taking your bra off and then putting your shirt back on. If you're saying this is Jennifer Jason Lee's motivation that she wants to get felt up by Billy Baldwin, uh, that I, <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's cold. Uh, it's Chicago. They're inside. They're in a garage, no, but they're inside. Have you been in a firehouse? They're yes. not heated. I've been in a firehouse. It's okay. Not heated. That part's not heated. That's the garage. <laughs> Uh, I did think that Kurt Russell's character was one of the more dynamic characters in it. I really do like the Hannibal Lecter arsonist. Um, I wanted a lot more out of Robert De Niro. Uh, we got some moments that were really interesting, like when he just lights the freaking crime scene on fire again to make a point. Um, but I just I wanted more intensity from that character. I do think Kurt Russell's performance is the best in this movie. Mm. Um, it is very clearly basically firefighter <laughs> propaganda. I mean, sure. even the, the opening uh, scene where, you know, he's riding in the fire truck with his dad to a scene. First of all, it feels like really irresponsible firefighter behavior from all of the firefighters throughout this movie, like a lot of times. Well, <laughs> like bringing your kid to an active fire that you have no idea what the conditions are or if he's going to watch you die as he ends up doing. But like in that that montage of driving... The 70s! The I mean, that montage of driving to the fire was all like, aren't firefighters wonderful? Nobody feels conflicted about firefighters. We all just think they're great. Look, even the hippies oh, yeah. are smiling well, and wait, waving wait, wait, to the wait, firefighters. Are conflicted about firefighters? I don't think they are, but this movie is, is like really trying to make a point that nobody's conflicted about firefighters. Like... That's I think that's a Ron Howard thing, though, like yeah. the hero, like the hero worship, like, he, you know, this and then um, astronauts. And he he tends to go. He leans into that. Those those sort of things, I, I think. For sure. Maybe. I mean, I my house caught on fire a lot growing up. So I love firefighters. They all my brothers are assholes. Listen, I <laughs> I'm learning so much. Like, Lizzie, I hear all this and like, yeah, factually you're correct. But I think for a lot of the cast, this was just a free trip to Chicago and they were hung over all the time. Like, <laughs> what are you expecting? It's just blows growing out. 
Like it's Chicago, so they're getting shwasted every night, eating hot dogs. The sodium in their joints is probably killing them. Like, yeah, poor, poor movie stars. I, I feel so bad for them. And they're mindfully I, putting themselves into that situation if that was indeed the case. Uh, I, I love that De Niro's in this because this is before everyone got too precious about him and he was just in a lot of shit in the 90s and I love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he's always worked. I've always respected that about him, that he is not, you know, he takes, he's a working actor. He works, you know, especially back then. But I do think that the glorifying scene at the end is kind of, so it's clearly that Ron Howard... American heroes, I think it's undermined by the fact that they, I mean, I understand, I still don't think it's the right move, but I understand not telling on their now dead comrade, right? Like, that guy still murdered a bunch of people, though, and they are burying him with the same state and honors and praise and oh, the valiance of firefighters as the guy who's the supposed, you know, paragon hero of the movie. (laughs) And it just makes it feel more hollow, I think, that whole really glorifying ending with the funerals and uh you know billy decided to get back on the fire truck and continue now that he's had his magical firefighter transformation moment in the you know climatic scene where his brother's brother's now proud of what a kick-ass firefighter he is before he dies i don't think it's a bad thing to kill the politicians you got the firefighters killed just saying i think murder is never the correct answer (laughs) oh in a movie it is Sometimes in a movie it is, but I think that it undercuts the glorification of the firefighters that they were going to to equally include somebody that the movie itself has stated was in the moral wrong, even if he wasn't supposed to be a morally bad guy, but was wrong for assassinating people. I mean, I think you should have killed more people. Give me more fires. (laughs) There weren't enough backdrafts. I still don't technically really understand what a backdrop is, and I've seen this movie like 10 times. (laughs) Maybe Lane Train could explain it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it all figured. I'm sure Lane Train's got it all figured out. <laughs> yeah, diagrams. Mean, a, a backdraft is when you have a fire in a contained area where it eats up all the oxygen in the room. So it's not extinguished, but it doesn't have any fuel to continue burning. So when you open, you introduce more oxygen to the area. It sucks it in to fuel itself, but it's such an intense reaction that there's like a literal wind created and that puts out the fire. So it explodes, but then it like implodes and puts itself out, which is the point of that he was intentionally doing a kind of fire that would kill the person who opened the door, but, but not. would not spread to like the rest of the building or nearby buildings. Mm. Well, so he was an ethical man. Really? Yeah, absolutely ethically it. burning people was- alive. There's absolutely <laughs> ethical no, ways okay. to burn people alive. I mean, first off, it's, those guys got the firemen killed. Fuck them. Second off, it's a movie. Third off, it's about fire. Kill more people, Scott Glenn. <laughs> Scott, Scott Glenn. I would get him confused with like five other people who look like him and have the exact same name. Like John Glenn, <laughs> Scott Glenn, Glenn Scott. I, I get them all confused. But those those are my thoughts. What about you, Andrew? How did this movie work for you? Okay. I I said it before we started recording. I feel a little betrayed, but my memory betrayed me on this movie a little bit. But if if Uh, Let me sum up my experience watching this movie in like 15 words. It's like this. It's like, nice. No, Kurt, don't die. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What? 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 Oh, this is tense. No, Kurt, don't die. 
end. <laughs> that was like my that was my range of emotions. I can't believe I watched Kurt Russell die twice. First of mm-hmm. all, I know. Mm-hmm. that with the disrespect of this film. <laughs> Let me just say, I, I say this every goddamn time. Twenty to thirty minutes less, right? This movie mm-hmm. would have been this movie would have been incredible if it was twenty to thirty minutes shorter. Just more editing, more editing, right? What? <laughs> that that <laughs> might have helped with the tension. Well, no, so I love how chaotic it is. Give me more fucking subplots. <laughs> Give me a mistress. Give me a long hot cake. <laughs> I agree. Burn people. This movie is chaotic. So, like, tonally, I don't know what this movie wants me to do to it. Like, do, do does it want me to laugh or does it want me to take it like seriously? And don't get me wrong, I ended up doing both things, mm-hmm. but then feeling weird like, was that the intent? So like, do you remember there was a training montage like right around the second act, right? Like mm-hmm. set to music. Yeah. <laughs> the and needle drops in this were very interesting as well. Oh my God, I can't wait. I hope it's just, oh my God. The training montage went like this. Like I wrote it down because I was like, I don't know what is happening here. It starts off with CPR, someone needing CPR. Then then Billy Baldwin is like futzing with like a pipe because he sucks at like getting the hose on, right? Then it's running up the steps with the hose. Then he slow motion sprays himself in the face with a fire hose. Then they're catching chickens. Then they're shooting some hoops. Then yep. it's a sh- it's a shot of work where they have that giant circular saw. They're literally cutting a person out of a car who's mortally. It looks like they're mortally wounded. Jaws of life. Yep. <laughs> then it cuts back to like a, the shaggy dog giving Billy Baldwin a funny look. And then it cuts <laughs> back to more people with like blood on their head and mortal injuries. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> like what? What do you want me to take away from that montage? The I guess that it's all on. chaos. It's a montage. They're just showing progression. I get it, but like also like I it just it just felt so there was like such a juxtaposition between what they were showing sometimes and the music. Like Hans Zimmer when he's scoring it, his score is doing the heaviest lift I have ever seen. Anytime mm-hmm. I felt emotional during this movie, it was because of the score, yep. Sp- specifically the funeral, right? That that was, cr- I was like, oh my God, this is crazy how much I'm feeling this, the bagpipes, whatever, I don't know. I think we talked we talked about this already, like there's definitely like the Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> right? What a Hannibal Lecter fire guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then this also feels like, another movie that this reminded me of might be recency bias because I've been, I've watched both of them pretty recently, but like, the stuff at the like when they're playing grab ass at the bar and the yeah. hazing, it's Top Gun, right? It's got to be like also, oh, yeah. also something. I enjoy that. I like the interaction between the firefighters. I think that's like it's l- dude respect, right? It's literally like that. What Lane Train said about the brotherhood and like that felt pretty authentic to me. I don't really like again. This is not a documentary about how to fight fires because I don't believe that's <laughs> this is how it's done. <laughs> However, the the relationships felt. Uh, pretty good to me. Do you know what I like about this movie is it's clear they were having a good time making it. Yeah. That, and and here's the thing, right? I think I mentioned the Ron Howard stuff up top because I have found more and more that like I don't really like Ron Howard's stuff. 
right? Like, <gasps> I, so like, don't, uh, let me backpedal from that just a moment. <laughs> Perhaps I went too far on that. I just think Ron Howard is like competent at it. Like yeah, he I can agree. put together a movie that's like has a beginning, a middle and an end. Right. And it generally, I walk away and I feel fine. Like Ransom, good. Apollo 13, good. On the Keanu podcast, he did Parenthood, good. This, good. But nothing is like, maybe this is his most technically beautiful movie with the fire and everything, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how much of that was him. And how much was the effects. I mean, the cinematography is good, but a lot of that definitely goes to the effects team in this one, so... Yeah. But he's consistent. It's like going to McDonald's. Like, you know what you're going to get when you get a Big Mac every time. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's exactly what Andrew is saying. He, I think you just kind of restated his point. He's solid, but he doesn't ever, sh- like, awe me or shake me up or make me think about something differently as a, as Fair a director. Enough, but how often are you hungover and just want a goddamn Big Mac? I mean, not not that often. I want fries and gravy when I'm hungover. So, but the point is, it's not good. He's consistent. It's like going to In and Out Burger in California. It's not that it's going to be the best burger you ever have, but it's going to taste the same every single time. And sometimes that's just what you want. Mm -hmm. These are all incredibly apt comparisons to Ron Howard. (laughs) And I'm not I'm not being facetious. I really do mean that. That's basically how I feel about the guy. Like and and more recently, I have found myself not liking his stuff. Like when he did that run of Dan Brown movies, I was like, what are we doing, Ron? What is happening here? Please get a third pool at his house. Let him put in his third pool. Yeah. I mean, that that final movie, it was clearly it was just like, just just sign the check, my friends, just sign the check, whatever. Overall, I feel like I remembered liking this movie more than I did. I did like this movie. I, I just wish it was <laughs> less like more action, but less of the other stuff that is in the action. <laughs> I mean, all the the subplots were so convoluted and I felt like there was stuff that they in one draft had started making a thing and then dropped stuff like the photographers. Right. So I felt like they were clearly making a point. The photographers rush in and take pictures of Billy's kid character being traumatized by just having witnessed his dad died. And that's like a big focal point of that scene is the photographers coming in and then later it comes back in time but then they were doing that kind of again when he accidentally rescues the mannequin they did it like there was a couple early on in the movie there were a couple scenes that really pointed out like the the media and the photographers and then I feel like they dropped that and it went nowhere other than the fact that like the arson Hannibal Lecter used it to get to him I don't feel like that that went anywhere. And I feel like at one point it probably was going to. There was a bunch of stuff like that. In addition to all the subplots that actually made it to the final film. Or maybe Ron Howard was making a very apt, um, astute observation that one day media will be obsolete and we'll all be on social media. Maybe he never completed the thought. Whatever he was trying (laughs) to do with it. Whatever he was trying to do with it, he never completed the thought, is my point. He started to say something and then yeah. dropped it before it went anywhere. I don't think he's trying to say anything. I think it's just a plot device to have a cool shot and to move on because, you know, it's fire. I th- the photographers <laughs> were focused in three different scenes at fire. So I feel like he was trying to say something with them and then they completely dropped for the second half of the movie. It could. He, my thought about how to 
streamline this thing is make the f- make the fire guy. Um, oh my god, I got to figure Donald Sutherland, right? The fire. <laughs> right, the fire we don't guy. remember any character yeah. names at all. It, yeah, I yeah, I'll talk about one thing that bothered the shit out of me in a second. Um, the firebug should it? It feels like it. It makes so much sense if the firebug was the guy who killed Kurt Russell's and Billy Baldwin's dad. I don't know. Like the timing doesn't quite work, but like you could just age those kids up a little bit, have that be the through line. And then we just have this tale of two brothers and then the Bob De Niro parallel storyline and drop everything else because we had action in the in the brothers stuff. And Mm -hmm. we had really great like intrigue and kind of a mystery, although it felt like one of those unsolvable mysteries. Like there's no way we could have figured out who was responsible from the clues the movie gave us. So I didn't really care for that. But. Well, they tried to make you think it was Kurt Russell. Well, well, yeah, but but that's like at the last. I I mean, I guess if you were looking at those cans in the beginning and you saw that they said like tryptochlorophyll or whatever, like whatever. But. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't notice that. So like there was a moment where like, oh, when the moment we think it's Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell starts kind of acting like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, he's not, a, he, he doesn't act like that anymore. So I was like, yeah. that's like, all right, I get it. It's fine. Yeah. No, I definitely see what you, there wasn't a lot of like planting and payoff. There was no way for the audience to get there or even have suspicions or even really be looking at anybody as until the movie told us who it was like. Yeah. So the one thing I want to ask both of you is I, I just stopped like thinking about people's names in this movie because of JT Walsh, because sometimes they would call him Swayzak and then nine times out of 10, they would call him the alderman. And I'm like, or Mr. (laughs) Alderman, is this a term? I have never in my life heard this term outside of this movie it's a city government position you've never heard okay so i have to step in for a second because i live in chicago that is like yes of course it's that's like the large missing component of the context too this is such a chicago movie that i feel like a lot of people like me and my chicago friends will sit down and watch backdrop and point out things but aldermen (laughs) specifically in chicago the most fucking corrupt city in this fucking country. The aldermen are like our city councilmen and they run this town. Okay. So Do, are they called? Aldermen. Yes, they're like called on, aldermen. on the news. They refer to them as the as aldermen. Yeah. That's fascinating. I knew what the word meant. I just it just felt so like like anachronistic to me. I was like, oh. has, have we? Oh, that's so interesting. All right. That's just that's just me then. But like, yeah, it's a very Chicago thing. After like they like introduced that like Jennifer Jason Lee introduced or she introduces herself. Then we find out that she like works for that guy and he introduces himself as whatever Swayzak or whatever. And then for like the rest of the movie, they're all like saying Alderman. I'm like, wait, I thought that dude's name was Swayzak. So it was just very bizarre. That was just a very that's me. My bad. I did not know <laughs> yeah. that. OK, today but I learned. Have, and it's like. 
Ch- like Chicago's so corrupt that the National Stock Exchange got closed down permanently here. Like our state representative what? going for to jail for like running a scheme for the past 40 years. Don't forget about Blagovich, like the governor that went to jail, that Trump pardoned him. Like that's a whole component. Like I don't think that backdraft could have happened in any other place but Chicago. That's an interesting wrinkle. I like that. I like that. I mean, I don't like that, but it's int- it, it, for the movie. I like it, you know, I, 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 and I, it's interesting to hear everyone's perspective now that I live here. Like to me, some of the, the holes you guys are pointing out, it's just like, well, that's just Chicago. Right? Like, <laughs> that's just, just how it is. It's Chicago. Like it's just cultural. Like the, the thing I really liked about this movie is how it, everybody's lives revolves around food and boozing. Like yeah. you'll just be De Niro with a sandwich. They're going to the Lithuanian Cultural Center. Like, I really like that because I think you guys are focusing a lot on the plot, which, you know, I don't focus on the plot, but the cultural <laughs> snapshot of what that was at that time feels very true to life and very, it's still like that now in 2022. Okay, so that, so with this inf- the new information, some of the things that I thought were, quite like honestly quite baffling like there is a shot it eventually lands on de niro but for a moment it's like focused on the sign of an asian restaurant and um and um and then it like pans down to de niro and they're about to go do something or whatever and i was like why did we why why did the shot start there what's the significance (laughs) of this you have to understand that like a, ha- a hot dog is just an appetizer here and it's not enough for an appetizer that like you're not. I once when I was volunteering for the 2020 election, sat and listened to two men for 40 minutes. Just go bread. You like bread? Yeah, I like bread. What kind of bread do you like? Pizza? I like pizza. Like literally food things at each other and then deciding, well, they all liked the food because we like food here, but then going into like the subsets of food and like the pizza conversation lasted 25 goddamn minutes Mm. about like what neighborhood, like for this pizza, for that pizza, like I really enjoy backdraft for that. And I love how he focuses on downtown all the time because that's how you orientate yourself, that and lake. And like how it's Lithuanian, which how many Lithuanians are are out there? But there's a Lithuanian like neighborhood in Chicago. Hmm. I love it. I love how they're always eating, too. It's like at the firehouse. It's just it's spectacular. Well, I think we have one more big question about this. We have a big one. Yeah. Uh A brief moment of is he hot in this one? You just want to know what movies is she pretty in. That's a heavy burden for me alone to bear. Maybe just his character in the last one bugged me enough that I didn't think he was as dreamy. He's very dreamy in this film. Is he hot in this one? Kate, I'm happy you're here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, very astute listeners. Oh, go ahead. That's what, yeah, he's always hot. If he's 18 or older, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is this a hard question? Well, it's hard well, in one okay. regard. <laughs> <laughs> Very astute listeners would, would have heard me say that on the, on the previous episode that I was working on a remix of that song. And I'm happy to report that it's done. But Whitney is not here 
mm-hmm. and she needs to be here for, for the, the inaugural play of, the of new it. New remix, yes. You think I'm just going to drop this without <laughs> Whitney, who who comprises the entire song? I don't think so. It's done. Just wait until Unlawful Entry or whatever our next movie is. It's oh, I look forward to hearing it. <laughs> oh, the Madeline Stowe one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> he thought in that too. So, Kate, across the board, since he was 18, hot. Done. Yeah. We did see a movie, what was it, two, three movies ago? Sometimes he plays like, let's say, sometimes he plays against type. Maybe like a little, like a little dweeby, like a little shit. talking about winter people here? Yeah, I'm talking about winter people. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that. It's kind of a, kind of a lesser known Kurt Russell movie. <laughs> Does he have those eyes? <laughs> he does yeah, have the eyes. The, there's and no fire in them in Winter People. Doesn't matter. He's got them eyes. We're going to bone down. How, how much does Kurt's hair uh, situation affect y- uh, your perceived hotness of him? I mean, I prefer him clean cut. That's why Backdraft is at the list, like top of the list. That's but no, interesting. I, I don't like the burly. No, but yeah, I'm going to bone Kurt Russell. No, no mullet. You don't, you're not digging like the power mullet that he often has, has found would, himself with. It would not stop me. Okay. Multiple times it wouldn't stop me, but <laughs> like, I've talked a lot of shit about soldier. He looks good in soldier. That's the closest cropped I think he's ever been. Maybe so. No, he's cropped in backdraft. More than soldier. I mean, maybe I mean, Stargate. It is also? The, definitely oh, the closest Stargate. cut. Uh, Stargate is very close cut. This is, I think. I mean, obviously he's in the military. That makes sense. But this is up till this date the the you know closest cropped we've seen his hair. Yeah, over um, eighteen. Yeah. What do you but think, Lindsay? I I think he's hot at this one. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not. I still think like. I don't know. Pinnacle hot for me is still probably Escape from New York, but I do think that he is hot at this one. Okay. All right. I I want somebody to have taught him how to work through his feelings uh, in a way other than (laughs) fighting or having sex. But yeah, he's hot at this one. The whole point is you're going to bone him. Why would you want him to have healthy coping mechanisms? (laughs) I like to bone people with healthy coping mechanisms. I don't know what to tell you. No, you go bone him on the boat. He cries after, kicks you out, and calls his ex-wife a bitch. That sounds awesome. Yeah, okay. We have very different ideas of what we want on a Friday night. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and all and agree and throw in my two, you know, my two cents. He is certainly hot in this one. He, 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 he remains hot. Although, as I said in the last episode... Where I declared him the hottest he's ever been in Tango and Cash, I stand by that currently. Hmm. Nothing has dethroned that for me. I don't know if anything actually will. We'll see. I'm open to it. I don't know. I mean, I did. Yeah, he's pretty hot in Stargate. That's alien, Kurt Russell. That's him going through some wormholes and seeing some shit and learning some new skills. You know what I mean? See, I think the hair is a big factor for me specifically. Mm -hmm. So I like the flowing locks. I I think he pulls that shit off. I think he like. I don't know if anybody else could, truly. That perfect Farrah Fawcett feathered hair that he has in Escape from New York is one of the reasons why that's one of the hottest Kurt Russells for me so yeah. far. I, his eyes. I it, mean, the eyes. It's the eyes. Come yeah. on. Sometimes, sometimes you grow. <laughs> I, I was When I saw this movie, I was like, sometimes you, when you're a kid, you grow up to look like Kurt Russell. And sometimes you grow up to look like Billy Baldwin. And <laughs> I, 
I, I don't I know. Would, okay, clearly you haven't seen Sliver. It's awesome. You know the original <laughs> ending? He's supposed to die in a volcano? Awesome. <laughs> what? I have to. I'm gonna look it up after the show. I'm gonna That's look it up true. after the show. I'm gonna fly a helicopter into the volcano. It was oh, I, it's Sliver is awesome. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm good. All right, and then I'm writing it down. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was that was across the board hot, which yep. is is not uncommon, but uh, for for various reasons. So there we have it. I thought I'm a Santa Claus. I, I ain't proud. <laughs> oh, we have all talked about how he is the Santa who fucks when he plays oh, Santa. Santa for so sure. like, like that is not in contention here. We haven't gotten to those yet, but yeah. I'm sure. Well, the I, I mean, I think David Harbour might be giving him a run for his money, you know, coming Hello, up here. Him? No. Did you see the poster for Violent Night? He, he, I did, but he, he was the weirdo dog collector who kidnapped girls on SVU. That's all he is to me. He's not... Hopper or <laughs> no, I don't really like stranger things. That's okay. I or, <laughs> he was also the in one of the Marvels, I think. So yeah, he's oh, yeah. he's uh, in the um uh the name just totally went out of my the Black Widow but movie. the Black the Black Widow solo prequel movie. Yes, and then yeah, he's that's the, the one. He's her dad, not her dad. Correct. Correct. He's her espionage dad. <laughs> Oh, I love you, Spy Dad. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, is we, it that time? It is time. It is time to knock on the void uh, and and uh, play uh, play a little. Tr Kate, do, do you like trivia? Yeah, but I cheat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Good if you're gonna be able to cheat with uh, with our master of ceremonies here. Let me uh, push a button and uh, kick things off here. <laughs> Figure it out, asshole. We're going to find out who's who. I mean, I'd peg us at a D minus for this kind of thing. Keeping you at a disadvantage is an advantage I intend to keep. Think you can win on talent alone? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Ask about horses again, I'll slap you red. <laughs> hey, that was fun. Oh. My God, Figure It Out Asshole is our very own quiz show where the host will ask each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other participants have a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answers. Kate, I can't stress enough. Listen our, to the other option. Our host will not repeat the answers, so you, we, we only get one shot at this. It's, it's I'm true. I'm going to fuck this up royally, so we're just going to have fun. Yeah, that's, that is the point of Figure It Out Asshole. All that said, I'd like to introduce our Master of Ceremonies coming to you live from the void. It's Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hello, Charles. Hey, Charles. What a nice voice. Oh, Charles Thank has you. the best voice. It's true. It's I true. don't know how to react to compliments. <laughs> <laughs> that makes all of us. Are we ready to play some trivia? Yeah. Sure. I am. I am. Wonderful. I will ask... A question to each person with four choices. As earlier stated, probably a good idea to not interrupt me, even if you think you know the answer. So let's go ahead and kick it off with a question posed to Kate. Oh, shit. Okay. 
What number did the brother's dad have on the underside of his helmet? <laughs> Was it 17, 236, 874, or 992? Why isn't 69 an option? Um, <laughs> I don't know, 17? That is incorrect. Steel? Lindsay. 236? That is incorrect. <laughs> Steel. Andrew. <laughs> I only remember 992. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. You couldn't have said 69 is an option. Come on. I could not have. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Lindsay. Which of these is not a job that Brian has had? Vacuum salesman, tour sales, stereo sales, or log cabin sales? Vacuum sales. That is correct. Nice, mm -hmm. nicely done. How do you dow? <laughs> <laughs> Kate, you've seen it 10 times. I was gonna say, I've only watched this, this is the second time I've watched it, so, and the last time I, I was nine. Fire I Billy Baldwin. <laughs> I would like to clarify, what do you mean, how? <laughs> like, what sort of fucking details are you noticing? <laughs> Oh, Charles, Charles knows, knows all of this, the void, and these movies. <laughs> is, I, Moving I, on I to Andrew. Sex oh position they did. Missionary. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Which of these actors was not considered for the role of Brian? Oh, no. I suck at this. Keanu Reeves, Brad Pitt, Alec Baldwin, or Bruce Willis? Not considered. Not considered. Um, I'm going to go with Alec Baldwin on that one. That is incorrect. God damn steal, it. Steal, steal, steal. I'm going to steal. Brad Pitt. That is incorrect. Steal. <laughs> Lindsay. Bruce Willis. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. There wouldn't look like there was enough of an age difference between him and Kurt Russell. But Brad Pitt didn't even really have a career then. Hmm. He accepted the role, but then had to drop out. And it went to Billy Baldwin, who was going to play a role in a Gina Davis movie that then went to Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, he was going to be in oh. Thelma and Louise? Yes, Hot. he was. Interesting. Wow. I could see that. He's hotter than and Brad Pitt. Amazing switcher. What? That is a <laughs> that is statement. incorrect. No, that is. is a big statement. Kate I'll, has I'll just lost it. five points. <laughs> I can't buy it. Me and Billy will be in a corner talking about log cabins. Wait a minute. Wow. Coming uh, out yeah. swinging. A declaration. Yeah. That's fun. Back up to the top with a question to Kate. Oh, no. Okay. How long had it been since Jennifer had seen Brian? Was it eight months, three years, six years, or ten years? Six years, baby. 
That is correct. Ah, I got Nailed one right. It. Nailed it. it. With confidence. <laughs> I knew that one. All right. All right. Moving on to Lindsay. What cream song is playing when Brian first visits Stephen on the boat? Is it Outside Woman Blues, Sunshine of Your Love, White Room, or Born Under a Bad Sign? Born Under a Bad Sign? That is incorrect. Steel. Andrew. I think it's Sunshine of Your Love. That is correct. All right. Continuing with Andrew. <gasps> For whom is the retirement party <laughs> where a fight breaks out? Is it for Mac, Rock, Fitz, or Smitty? <laughs> Those are all great names, Charles. I want to thank you for confusing me deeply. Um, <laughs> you are very welcome. Fitz? That is correct. Oh, yes. I'm so ready to steal that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> That was a good choice. That was the wildest retirement party I've ever seen in my life. It was unhinged. <laughs> a word I might What's also use to describe Kate. What's a party? A retirement party if you don't fight. Uh-huh. No, I was just talking more about like the live band, the Irish, the Irish dancers. dancers. Like yeah. what I don't know what the theme was, but I guess for a guy named Fitz, maybe? I don't know. Irish pride, man. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Back up to the top with oh, Kate. No. Shit. Okay. Steven, what are you doing here? Just fixing my roof, taking care of my son, sailing my boat, or painting my sidewalk. Taking care of my roof at the A, roof. <laughs> That is correct. I know. <laughs> Who among us doesn't want to go drink beer on a roof? It's a good thing you said A, because I would have called you on the technicality of phrasing. <laughs> I know. There it is. Moving on to Lindsay. In order to make the fire look more intimidating and creep along the floor, what did they do with several shots of the fire? They played it in reverse. They sped up the film. They slowed down the film. Or they flipped the film. They flipped the film. That is correct. Nice. Fire will not creep along the floor, but it will creep like that along the ceiling. So they shot it creeping along oh, the ceiling and flipped it upside down. That is one of the things I learned from the Universal Studios backdraft experience. So. <gasps> oh, <laughs> well then. Insider information. They do your homework. I didn't know we had a ringer. <laughs> oh my God. For the final regulation question of figured out asshole, we go to Andrew. Okay. What number code do they ring at the funeral? Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is it 
335, 353, 533, or 553. <laughs> God damn it. I already lost every single one of them. Three, 335. That is correct. Yes! <laughs> what the fuck were that's these what questions? I, that's what I thought it was, too. I wasn't sure, but that was going to be my answer. But... I just knew there was sometimes when people watch a movie, they pay attention to it. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's the deal. I did not know that. Who would? Well, I mean, Charles would. But I it's, that's not how I watch movies. These are, have been wildly lucky guesses for me. That is why I just pay attention to food. And if someone's good looking or if there's a fire. That's fair. That's fair. I'm a woman of simple pleasures. <laughs> Moving on to the bonus round what? of Figure It Out, Asshole. God damn it. <laughs> Questions in the bonus round are not posed to anyone in particular, and instead our contestants get to buzz in, and the first to buzz in gets to answer the question. Hmm. Let's hear those buzzer sounds starting with Lindsay. Ding, ding, ding. Moving on to Andrew. Bzz. And now, Kate, share with us what your buzzer sound is. Like a fire. <laughs> Done. Very appropriate. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to buzz in. I don't know the fucking answers. <laughs> you knew fixing his roof. There That's right. Well, yeah, fixing his roof. Drinking. Lindsay for six years. Six years. <laughs> See? See? Well, because I also dated, I also dated fuck boys. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> Bonus round question number one. Oh, Lord. At one point, there was a mix-up, and the actors carried a real 50-pound one of these instead of the prop one they had at the studio. What was it? Was it a fire axe, a ladder, a fire hose, or an oxygen tank? Ding, ding, ding. Lindsay. A fire hose. That is correct. Nice. Yeah, I guess those things all uh, all spooled up, you know? Yeah, quite a lot. Quite heavy. Hmm. I'm For someone who didn't like the movie, you sure know a lot about Backdraft, <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a nerd, Kate, that's all. <laughs> Moving on to bonus round question number two. What is the number on the battalion chief's car? <laughs> is it 15, 25, 35, or 45? God damn it. Ding, ding, ding. That is not your buzz in sound. <laughs> oh, that was. Uh, I did not, yeah. Sorry. Lindsay got. Lindsay buzzed in. <laughs> Lindsay. 45? That is incorrect. <laughs> Kate, it is not 35. <laughs> but that right. is a phenomenal buzzing sound. That is just chef's kiss. There has been no better buzzer sound than Kate's. Uh, Andrew. 15. That is incorrect. God damn it. No, the void. Okay. 
There is mathematically no way that the Void can win at this point. I think you're all okay. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. Fair. Because here we move into the final question. Okay. Of oh, Figure It Out Asshole. How many firefighters do we see smoking cigarettes throughout this movie? <laughs> oh, my God. I did keep thinking about this. Really? Yes, every time they lit up a, a cigarette, because they did it a lot. Right after fighting a fire, they but, pull or, out fire like, and light a cigarette. During <laughs> fires, they light cool. up. <laughs> smoking looks cool in the early 90s. <laughs> That's all we had. Yeah. Camel points in lung cancer. Come on. I'm just saying they don't seem to be over concerned about actual fire safety for a bunch of firefighters. They stack chemicals together. They smoke <laughs> all the time. It's just not a lot of fire smart moves. <laughs> okay, let's see these numbers. I hope 169, man. Come on, throw me a bone. Do we see five, six, seven, or 69? <laughs> <laughs> Kate. 69, dude. Very close because the answer is definitely way too many. But no, it is not 69. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Lindsay. Seven. That is correct. Incredible. It was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it for the Keanu Reeves reference, truly. So yeah. that's fine. Oh, boy. Well, with a score of one to two to three to six, someone ran away with this one. <gasps> Wait, what? The person who didn't like the movie. <laughs> and it was Lindsay. You were meant to be here tonight. There you go. Here's your fanfare. We think the lady doc protested too much. <laughs> I have no problem saying when I like a movie, despite what anybody else would think of my liking the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do a lap. I'm doing it right now, around okay. my office. Oh my goodness. The music gets me every time. It is very <laughs> motivational. So after that fantastic round of Figure It Out Asshole, it is time to move to Figure It Out Audience where I pose questions to our listeners, and if they get the questions right, they get called out in a future episode of The Kurt Locker. Last episode for Tango and Cash, I asked two questions. Question number one was, what is Cash's date of birth? The correct what? answer, which nobody got, was August 16th. Wait, how did you know that? It said in the movie. <laughs> Like, like, hey, when's your birthday? August 16th? Or does this sound like he flashes his ID and it's there? I cannot remember. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the second question was, what is the name of the sound lab where audio expert Skinner works? Lane Train correctly identified that this was oh. SNS Sound Lab. Way to go, Lane Train. You did it. I like I like Lane Train. Yeah, Lane I like the Train. cut of your jib, friend. Yeah, I do think you and Lane Train would get along quite a bit. You two would definitely get on like a house, house on, on fire. fire. Hey <laughs> I bet he likes Billy Baldwin. <laughs> I'm going to ask. Lane Should Train, I? please let us know. Do you like Billy Baldwin? 
My guess is, if this is your favorite movie of all time, you probably oh, do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet you he even, yeah. like, likes Wilson Phillips as a result. <laughs> just Although, tangent- tangentially, yeah. Well, because Billy's married to China. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, Hold On is such a great song. <laughs> Our figured out audience questions for <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Question number one. What is the name of the boat that Stephen is living in? <laughs> and question number two. The station is number 17, but what is the truck number that they ride the most oh. often in the movie? Huh. If you're in our Discord, just shoot me the answer in our Discord or respond on Twitter. Tweet me at the Nolan T H E N O W L I N with your answers, and if you're right, you'll get shouted out in a future episode of Figured Out Audience. My buddy Lane Train's gonna get this. My money's on him. <laughs> I believe in Lane Train. Thank you. You got this, buddy. Uh, I think that might be a new shirt. I think that might be a new shirt for the merch store. <laughs> Charles, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for putting in the work. Thank you so much again for letting me do this. I enjoy it immensely. That, he has a marvel of a brain to notice those details. Marvel. Charles, may, may I ask, did you did you enjoy Backdraft? Oh, no, I oh. did not. <laughs> this movie was a slog. Oh, I see. Okay. But you did it anyway for us. You, you, you got course. through it anyway. Okay. I, I commit to the art. <laughs> My enjoyment is secondary at best. <laughs> Tertiary, most likely. You Good trivia to. is the most important part. You have an enemy in me now. Just understand that. An enemy. You are welcome to come <laughs> to the void and fight me anytime you want. Oh, I'm way too lazy if, for that. Don't worry. If I knew a way out of the void, I would come fight you. <laughs> okay, that it's you gotta find me first. It's not hard to find me. I would win. I will get out of the void and I will Google Kate Hudson and look to find where I can find that person at Kurt Russell's house, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> you don't back down, man. Both, both of you. <laughs> Both of Don't you. find a guy who won't back down because he's fucking crazy, and I mean that with respect. We're back. To, we're friends again. Don't worry. Okay. Great. <laughs> Besties forever. That was an emotional roller coaster. We just went yeah, on there. Yeah, oh the whole gosh. arc right then. Oh no, I did. I did a quick analysis. Do I want this man as an enemy? And he's like, I'm gonna find you and fuck you up. I'm like, anyone who talks like that, no. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I talked a lot of shit. So. I Andrew. So <laughs> I am weeping here. Charles, thanks so much for hanging. Thank you Bye, so much. I hope all of you have a wonderful rest of your evening. You too. I bid you, you a too, good Charles. void. A good void to you. Oh my gosh. You know? I I like I like this episode. Yeah, it's, it's a fun episode. It's chaos. It's absolute <laughs> chaos. I mean, listen, I would party with him. He'd be cool. But also, he's the guy you want him in your corner. 
If you can't have Billy Baldwin. You absolutely want Charles on your side. For sure. 100%. Do you know the one in the movie I'd want on my side, though, is Donald Sutherland? Because he would just be getting off during a fire, and that would be funny to me. (laughs) I get my ass kicked in the process, and he'd be in the corner like, yeah. But it'd be worth it. Good stories. He was, was, you know, who said... Was it Lindsay? Whatever. I can't remember. It's like two days on set. Easy. Just two mm-hmm. days, whatever. One location, yeah. maybe two. And that dude, that dude cashed that check. That was the easiest check he ever cashed, I think, maybe. Oh, yeah. There's just the courtroom and the interview room. That's it. Yeah. They could have been in the same, ex- they could have been in the same, same exact building. building. Yeah. <laughs> right? The, it definitely looks similar. Yeah. And he got to party with the cast. Win-win. Right. Of course. And just be among these, uh, be among these people, these titans. These absolute think, titans. I don't think that movie smelled very good. I just realized they probably were all like smoking and like weren't wearing cologne. Yeah. And they were sweating all the time. Yeah, I they mean, were always disgusting. They were around fire effects for like 50% of this movie. So, Although yeah. we did see them showering. You know, we did see that. Oh, we did That's see like, some showering. Oh, got some good <laughs> butt shots in that. Yeah. That's, lots, that's of, too, lots of butt shots and lots of lingering on scars in this yeah. movie. Two movies in a row with butt sh- with with Kurt Russell's butt. We had it in Tango and Cash, and then in this or no, I guess we didn't have it in this one. Two movies with butt shots. I only. love how horny the early '90s are in movies. It's my favorite era. Yeah, they certainly <laughs> they certainly were. There was no, sh- no shortage of horniness in the early '90s. Oh, no, it's awesome! And they're like, "This is an adult movie. Why not?" <laughs> What, what are we rating it? R. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, show me some yeah tits and ass. Come on. That's, ah, <laughs> uh, love it. Seriously, can't get enough. All right. I'm going to run us through the plot as outlined by Wikipedia. If you have anything, just jump in if you have something. I will also be adding my two cents. As I read through this, I was a little baffled by some of these things. We'll see. <laughs> Here we go. Good. Two firefighters of Engine 17 of the Chicago Fire Department are brothers Lieutenant Stephen Bull McCaffrey, the elder. Wait, <laughs> that's a terrible sentence. Bull is the <laughs> older brother and experienced, and Brian has labored under his brother's shadow his entire life. Brian returns to firefighting after several other careers falter, though Stephen has doubts that Brian will still be fit to be a firefighter. Career's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. For <laughs> in log cabin. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's he lists them off in about 10 seconds. Not not to be a classist asshole. I don't mean it like that. If you make your whole life doing that, that's a career. He did it for a summer. That's not a career. (laughs) Right. In 1971, Brian witnessed the death of their firefighting father, Captain Dennis McCaffrey, while accompanying accompanying him on a call. The longest serving of all the men at Engine 17, John Axe Adcox, served under the McCaffrey's father and was like an uncle to the boys when their father died. Adcox Adcox grows concerned about Stephen's unorthodox methods and disregard for safety procedures. Which is because he's a fire bug. (laughs) Well, yeah. We we later learn that he is starting the fires that, you know, he's actually cautioning He's giving words of caution, um, but, you know, also starting fires. Uh, Stephen's wife, Helen, who uh, uh, also uh, is concerned, uh, and they have separated to protect herself and their son. Inspector Donald Shadow Rimgale, 
A dedicated arson inve uh, investigator and veteran firefighter is called in because some recent explosive fires resemble those set by the pyromaniac Ronald Bartell, who has been imprisoned for years. Brian is reassigned as his assistant after an argument with Stephen. Rimgale manipulates Ronald's obsession with fire to ensure his annual parole application is rejected. It is revealed during an investigation that Chicago City Council Alderman Marty oh, yeah. Swayzak has supported the fire department budget cuts. Contractors paid him off to shut down firehouses so they could be converted into community centers with the contractors <laughs> receiving contracts for the construction. Brian also rekindles a relationship with Jennifer Veitkus, an aide to Swayzak. That's Jennifer Jason Lee. When Engine 17 answers a call in a high rise, Stephen urges them to move in quickly, despite Adcock's advice to wait for backup. Brian's friend and fellow trainee, Tim Krzminski, opens the door, <laughs> triggering a backdraft. This is so in the weeds of this movie. I know. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> His face is burned beyond recognition, and he barely survives. Adcox and Brian both condemn Stephen for what happened. Rimgale and Brian go to Swayzak's home to confront him after learning his connection to the three backdraft victims, interrupting a masked man about to set the place on fire. So now we know that it wasn't Swayzak. Kind of. Sort of. At least not setting the fires. Yeah, he the did the embezzling. He just right. didn't do the he arson. He did the part of it, but not the thing. The latter attacks them with a flashlight, but is burned on his shoulder by an electrical socket. Rimgale saves Brian and Swayzak from the house, but is injured in the explosion. Injured is an interesting word. <laughs> I would have went with impaled. <laughs> yeah. uh, in his hospital bed, Rimgale tells Brian to revisit Ronald, who helps Brian realize that only a firefighter would be so careful as to not let backdraft fires rage out of control. Is a very Silence of the Lambs moment for these two. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even Tell me about some... the Lambs, Clarice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like even going back to his past, you're like, yep, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. practically said quid pro quo <laughs> at the beginning of that scene. <laughs> almost, almost. I love it. I love it. Uh, Brian suspects Stephen, but spots a burn in the shape of an electrical socket on Adcox's back and reveals his suspicions to his brother just before an alarm. When Brian realizes Adcox has heard their exchange, he jumps aboard truck 46 after borrowing some turnout gear. On their way to the fire, however, their truck accidentally crashes after dodging into a taxi. Stephen confronts Adcox about the backdrafts during a multiple alarm fire at a chemical plant. Seems like the worst time and place to do that on the roof of that yes. building. Gotta be honest. Gotta be honest. And people calling, like, get off the roof. It's gonna, you know, they're just standing there having this conversation. That's right. Looks what? cool, though. It did look cool as <laughs> shit, especially the, the running <laughs> away from the, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when an explosion, oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Adcox admits that he set the fire to kill Swayzak's associates because Swayzak benefited from firefighters' deaths and closing down firehouses. When an explosion destroys the catwalk they are on, Stephen grabs Adcox's hand while hanging on to the remains of the catwalk. Stephen refuses Adcox's advice to let him go. <laughs> You go, we go. <laughs> and they all, they both lose their grip of the catwalk. Steven lands on the lower catwalk. Adcox dies when he falls into the fire. Uh, Brian bravely battles the fire, allowing two firefighters to reach Steven and carry him to safety. Steven dies with Brian by his side on the way to hospital. With this, with his final request being that Brian must not reveal Adcox to be the perpetrator 
so as not to hurt the fire department's reputation. After Stephen and Adcox's funeral, Brian and Rimgale, with the help of the police, interrupt Swayzak at a press conference. Rimgale questions Swayzak on the fake manpower study that led to the deaths of several firemen, including Stephen and Adcox. They also state that Swayzak engineered the downsizing of the Chicago Fire Department, destroying Swayzak's mayoral ambitions. Brian continues as a firefighter, carrying on his family's firefighting tradition despite the loss of his father and brother. The film ends as Brian helps a rookie firefighter with his turnout gear as the department responds to a call. The end. Slow clap. That seems like one of those wikis where like some dork has been like, this is too like detailed an explanation for this. I love it. It it, it is funny, though, because this this plot synopsis really does away with the things that I, you know, I didn't really want in the movie either, which was (laughs) which was interesting. There was no mention of of the of the of the romance. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was just like either jump in with both feet or get rid of it. That's kind of how I felt about that. Jennifer Jason Lee needed a vacation to Chicago. <laughs> That's what Don't it was. Don't begrudge her that. Don't begrudge her that. No, I would never begrudge Jen- Jennifer Jason Lee anything. She's got a pass. And if I'm not mistaken, she comes back to work with Kurt, although much later, much, much later. We're not even anywhere close to that movie, The Hateful Eight. Yes. Oh. She's excellent in that movie. She is really an actor who has just grown so much. over. I mean, and part of that might be just the roles she was given, yeah. you know, in her early 20s, in the 90s, as a beautiful blonde woman. Roles like this, where she really didn't have anything to do. But, man, some of her more recent work, like The Hateful Eight and uh, Annihilation, she just kills it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now we come to uh, the first of two questions. Kate, I'm going to start with you. I Uh-oh. think I know the answer already. Okay. Do you ultimately recommend this film? Is this a film people should go out and watch? Well, I mean, don't go, don't make a day of it. Don't go out and watch it. But like, yeah, <laughs> you should absolutely get it on streaming. Don't be sober and just enjoy the fire <laughs> and the Baldwin. Like, come on. The fire and the Baldwin. Let's not forget about the Russell. You know, we got to, we got to, you know, but well, okay. What's with that thing? This is a Kurt Russell yeah. podcast. Okay. You're All already right. sold on that. <laughs> right. We, no convincing needed if you've been with us yeah. up to this point. You've, you, we've, you've sat through a lot of, uh, <laughs> you sat through a lot. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Lindsay, I'm curious. We, you, you have some problems with this one. Yeah. Do you ultimately recommend this film? You know, I mean, it would, this is one of those films that it would depend on the context. Like, I yeah. wouldn't just recommend it if somebody's like, oh, what should I watch tonight? I wouldn't just say backdraft. But, like, if they were interested in something, you know, if something prompted that I thought they would be interested in this, I would recommend it. But I wouldn't just blanket recommend it. Um, so, get qualified, you know, recommendation. Qualified, a qualified yes. Okay. If somebody right. really likes fires, then yeah, yes, this is the movie for you. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to recommend this with all of the caveats that I said before, mainly about Ron Howard as a filmmaker. I That's what this comes down to for me. I, you know, 
I think in the hands of another director, this movie could be like some next level shit. Like this is at a technical level. All the technical stuff is great about this movie and the characters. It's just something about the pacing that I think is attribute that I think I could attribute that directly to Ron Howard. And if I can't, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I said, I feel like all the pieces were here. It just didn't work totally. Yeah. He just doesn't have a sick. I just wish he had a signature thing that wasn't like, I, I, I don't know. Like you could just name other directors and you're like, oh, yeah, that, you know, wait, say like David Fincher. Give me a couple adjectives about David Fincher. Got him. It's great. It's fine. But like, tell me a couple adjectives about Ron Howard films. You're like, <laughs> regular I mean, medium. <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, patriotic? <laughs> yeah, oddly, sometimes, yeah. Well, I mean, if Tarantino had done this, it's just sort of been a lot of feet. No butts. Just... <laughs> no, so, you know, no, no lies detected. No lies detected. <laughs> yeah, All right. That's true enough. Now we get to something a little bit more interesting. We have a running Kurt Russell movie ranking of the films we've seen thus far. Lindsay. Your list looks like this. The Thing, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, Silkwood, Overboard, Now You See Him, Now You Don't, Winter People, and the one and only genuine original family band. Yes. Where is this going for you? This is going to come in between Silkwood and Overboard, so it's going to be my new number five. Interesting. Okay. Now, is that a true ranking, or are you like saving spaces for what you know is coming? Oh, no, we add as the new movie, as we watch the new movies. So this is only the ones that... But, like, in your mind, because, you know, Stargate's coming up. Are you like, I Right, can't. I mean, there are movies that are going to go higher on this list, I'm almost positive. But just as of the ones we've watched so far for the podcast, this is the current standing. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Kate... It mm-hmm. sounded like in the beginning, this is in your like top five. Is that that holds true? Well, okay. Let's be nitpicky for a second. Are we talking about like Kurt Russell movies where he's like a marquee name? Or are we talking about movies that Kurt Russell also happens to be in? <laughs> okay. So let me, uh, I'll, I'll attempt to clarify. A, a movie that a Kurt, is a Kurt Russell marquee would be like, let's let's say like Escape from New York. Can we yes. agree that we agree? And then a movie that he happens to be in is like uh, Fast 7, I think, or Fast and yeah, Furious exactly. 7. Exactly. Right. Or Expendables, because obviously I love those movies. Um, so I'll allow it. It does not matter because as we go through, we're watching all of them truly, almost, almost truly regardless of his role. We're skipping stuff like Forrest Gump, where it's like a cameo and he happens to be uh-huh. Elvis for like three seconds. We're not doing that. But... The Expendables, the Fast and Furious films, they count. So, you know, hit me. Hit me with what you got. Um, I'm just going to do Marquise. I mean, I'm just going to do Marquise because then we got to get in the weeds versus Expendables 3 versus Expendables 2. 2 is yeah. better because Jean-Claude Van Damme kills a dude by, like, doing, like, a jump kick with a knife into his heart. But, yeah, Backdrop is definitely – I think my favorite is probably – it really probably is Overboard. I love that movie. But I would put Backdrop at, like, a solid 3 or 4 behind like big trouble in little china backdraft tango and cash escape from new york 
Okay. I can stay behind that. I can stay behind that. All right. Solid, solid list. I love Overboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my top five is Big Trouble in Little China, Tango and Cash, The Thing, Escape from New York, and Silkwood. Backdraft, for me, is also going in that number five spot. So just after Escape from New York. Ooh. We have been talking for a long, long time about some Kurt Russell movies, at least the ones we've watched thus far, with rare exception. It's kind of like a, they're just middling to not great. Like in his, a lot of them are his younger movies, his Disney years, that sort of stuff. Yeah, really. we, we went through the rigmarole anyway. Um, but it was like a race to the bottom. And I think <laughs> yeah. the 90s is going to be a huge upswing for my list and for yeah. Kurt. So this is great. I think his era is 85 to 95. That's my like sweet spot where all the good shit happens, really. Yeah. that All right. 85 to 95. Yeah. That includes all your John Carpenter stuff all the way up to what, like executive decision or something like that. So is it bad? It's not good, <laughs> but it's not bad. It's entertaining. I always confuse it with Air Force One. And I will always continue to <laughs> confuse it with Air Force what? One. I don't know why. They're not even, I know, they're not even close. I know. It's like how I, I have never actually seen Tombstone because I had what? watched, I know, listen, I get it. But I was confusing it with Wyatt Earp. I, th I thought I saw Tombstone, but it was Wyatt Earp, which was another star studded, or no, was it not? It was maybe an, no, that was well, Kevin Costner, right? There were three, yeah. Oh, that was the one, yeah. But there were like three top tier westerns in like 93 yeah it was like Wyatt yeah. Earp Tombstone and there was another one I forgot what it was I mean, Wyatt Earp was and Tombstone the are even about the same historical event so yeah exactly so I just you know in my brain I Dude. thought I saw it I'm excited it's fine Tombstone Val Kilmer that's Val's second best role after Real Genius done <laughs> that's an oh. <laughs> That is all right. All right. All right. I, it's been a minute since I've seen Real Genius. Greatest um, movie of '85. Okay, of '85. Yeah, it's the best movie ever made. in 1985. Didn't Back to the Future come out in 1985? Fuck, Fuck Martin McFly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Watch Real Genius, and you tell me what's better. I'm crestfallen. <laughs> I'm sullen. I'm dejected. <laughs> Let's talk about next week. <laughs> next week, Whitney will hopefully be back, and she's going to step us through our next film, Unlawful Entry. I haven't seen this movie. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it either. It's decent. Okay. Who cool. is there? Anyone else in it of of note? I don't even really look at the. I don't even. I try not to. I try to go in blind if I can. It's Madeline Stowe and Ray Liotta. Oh, okay. All right, Ray Interesting. Liotta. Interesting. Okay. Cool. 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 Interesting. All right, right around Goodfellas time, I guess, maybe? Sure. All right. Okay. Well, we'll look forward. We're looking forward for that. So that'll be great. Unlawful entry. And, and hopefully the return of Whitney. <laughs> That's it. We did it. We're done. We got through it. Kate, thank you for joining us on this one. It's been sure a ride. Can. It's been Backdraft the Ride, I think. Oh, I love it. You know there's a Backdraft sequel of Billy Baldwin. No, there is not. Is there? Yeah. There is? Yeah. Wow. I have when? Like From when? Like 2019? Looks real bad. I haven't even Wait, watched it. Like 2019? Three, three years ago? 
He, you think those checks are still coming in with residuals from Sliver? No, I'm just saying they waited like 20 years to do his. I mean, I guess that is what we're doing now. But like, yeah, the legacy pool. Big money. Yeah. All right. Well, Calabasas ain't cheap. <laughs> Listen, all those, all the Billy stands. Uh, Backdraft There's two, 2019. Dozens of us. Dozens. There, <laughs> there are dozens of us. Kate. Where could people find to keep up with you on the internet if they were so inclined? Oh, I don't want to give that out. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter if you want to, at Hudson Kate. But really, I just want you guys to just leave 10 out of 10 on Backdraft on Letterboxd and Rotten Tomatoes and everything. Let's let's, let's have a a resurgence, people. Okay. All right. I can go do that. I'll do that right now. I have the app on my phone. Lindsay, uh, if people were so inclined, where would they uh, find and keep up with you? Well, if they want to, you know, listen to other podcasts, you can hear both me and Whitney on Historical Hotties, our podcast about the hottest people in history. Do you know who the hottest accountant is? Do you know who the hottest magician is? If you want to find out, you can go listen to Historical Hotties. Uh, and also, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, or Instagram at Lindsay Cameron Nelson. It is mostly gelato, but it is fantastic gelato, so... That did, you do the, uh, the, did you do the Lincoln conspirator, the really hot one yet? Uh, no, we have not done cons- uh, conspirators. The closest we got to a criminal element is we did uh, con artists, but no <laughs> attempted assassination. Assassins. No, he did, no, he he won. He he helped kill Lincoln, but he's hot. I mean, we did have people constantly send us pictures of young Stalin saying, "Do," and we're like, sorry, uh, just because young Stalin is physically attractive does not mean he was hot. We judge in four categories, and one of those is social impact and uh, mental attractiveness. So mm. those are going to take him right out of the running. Stalin disqualified. Unbelievable. Man. Unbelievable. He was bad, but he was hot. <laughs> Yeah, he would score well in that one category, but also probably his je ne sais quoi wouldn't be that high, which is the other category. I don't think you hate yourself enough, then, if you're if you're (laughs) you're not going after the worst men possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I I would say that you know I I endeavor to hate myself even less than currently, but I'm glad I've made it out of the horrible men category. Onward and upward. <laughs> yeah. You can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet at Dark Driving. I would like to gently point you to Twitter. That's where I am most of the time. And then uh, the other place is now on uh, YouTube, The Primary Storyline. This is where I teach video editing and uh, motion graphics and all sorts of other stuff. So if you go just, there is no URL. Just hit The Primary Storyline. You'll get there. Um, and you might learn something. So there's that. Oh my gosh. I'm going to press a button. It's going to be great. There it is. Yeah. And I'd like to say thank you all for joining us. And in the immortal words of Jack Burton, sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. <laughs> and check the door for heat. <laughs> Sometimes yell at the fire. That helps. <laughs>